You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I had actually planned today on um, talking a little bit about what we mentioned yesterday as far as who we want to win and lose and all that. Um, but I also mentioned that I wanted to get this done early so I could watch the football games. And I was like, well, maybe I could just wait until the game. Uh, no, no, I'm getting it done. Especially since Monday is when the one game is that really matters. So I'm just going to knock it out. Bottom line is I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow-ish, maybe. I don't know. But uh, what we have talked about, two big things. We, we've dove in. We've dove in. Dove in. We've do- we dove in. Big time dove in, son. We be dove in on the defense and on Jordan Love. T-shirt, we be dove in. <laughs> I might buy one. Nobody else is buying one. And, and I, I think we can summarize it this way. Jordan Love, in a small sample size of about four weeks, is playing well. Well enough to be considered good enough that we don't need to replace him. That is to say, not only is he not bad, but he's better than mediocre. Where he falls in that whole realm of, you know, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and Tua and Burrow, and uh, I guess C.J. Stroud maybe now, although that's small sample size too, technically. Where he'll f- that, that's, that's to be determined. But again, small sample size, and we need more, more of this to be able to say with any confidence that he's the guy. I think with the defense, the conclusion at least that I came to was this is a bend-don't-break defense, at least in terms of process over results. And if you're okay with that and you're comfortable with that, then you should be relatively happy with the defensive performances up to this point, although maybe not quite as much as it would seem with some of these lower scores. If you're not happy with the bend, don't break, then you just don't like the defense. And so those are kind of the summaries. And again, if you want more information or details, you can go back and listen to those podcasts. Um, Titles should be pretty self-explanatory. And I thought, why don't we keep digging a little bit? Because I'm kind of curious where everybody else is going. Uh, how everybody else is doing. And one of the things that we haven't touched on yet, right? We looked at mostly PFF for Jordan Love. We came back and looked at sort of the CPOE, EPA stuff. And then for defense, it was largely DVOA. And then again, we created sort of our own bend, don't break metric, which is just points are all that matter. Are you doing a good job of keeping the points low? One thing we haven't touched on is SIS, which is very expensive and needs to be put to use. (laughs) So I do want to start with Jordan Love. Not, I mean, honestly, I don't want to start with Jordan Love, but that's where the most interesting information is going to come from. Um, and I, the only reason I don't want to start with Jordan Love is because we've kind of hammered that pretty hard. But that's the best information we're going to get uh, using these filters and whatnot. But if you're unfamiliar, SIS has some pretty cool metrics, at least for quarterback. For example, they not only have completion percentage, they have catchable percentage and on-target percentage. Now, to be clear, these are not concrete things. These are somewhat subjective. I mean, not really. We all understand what a catchable pass means and what an on-target pass means. It's not entirely subjective, but there's going to be different ways to isolate whether or not a pass was technically on target or whether a pass was technically catchable. 
but there's also adjusted net yards per attempt, which is fantastic. We've got touchdown percentage and interception percentage. We got sack percentage. They have their own um, quarterback ranking system, kind of like NFL passer rating, but they call it IQR. We've got pressure percentage, and then we've got some of the values, which are are also very cool. You got points earned, which is sort of the um, EPA kind of a thing. Points above average per play, positive play percentage, boom and bust percentage, and then par and war, and and those are also very good encompassing metrics, metrics trying to find out just kind of how good you are. It's wins or points above replacement. They're slightly different, but almost identical. And then on top of that, we've got a ridiculous amount of filters. And by the way, I want to start, part of the reason I'm explaining what SIS is, is because I want you guys to understand what I can do with it so that you can ask me questions. Because if you don't know, then it's just a thing. So some additional things that we can look at here. We can look at Jordan Love or anybody versus, you know, home and away versus specific team versus a specific division versus specific conference. So NFC uh, versus AFC versus the NFC North against a specific team. We've got climate, indoor and outdoor, season range, week range. We can look at it by quarter. We can look at specific time with four minutes left in the fourth quarter if you wanted to. Downs for a second, third, fourth. Field position, score differential, yards to go. You can also look at it based on personnel filters. How many wide receivers and in what formation? So we can look at three wide receivers in bunch formation. What are Jordan Love's stats? Running backs, same thing. How many, what formation? How many tight ends? How many offensive linemen on the field? We can also look defensively. How many defensive linemen, linebackers, DBs? You can look at was it in shotgun, um, huddle or no huddle? Play action, was there pressure, jet motion, any motion? In the pocket or out of the pocket, RPO, throws past the sticks, was the target in motion, throw type, normal passes, shovel passes, touch passes, Hail Mary passes, who's lined up out wide, wide receivers, running backs, do we have a slot, is a tight end out wide, pass direction, left, left middle, middle, right middle or right, what position was targeted, what coverage schemes, cover zero, cover one, cover two, man cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six, goal line, red two, Screen, prevent, spike, combination, or other. Also, combination, other. I don't know. There's some weird ones in there. Uh, Route types. Flat, slant, comeback, curl, route, out, dig, corner, blah, 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 blah. Drop types. Zero or one-step drop. Three-step, five-step, seven-step. Design rollout left, design rollout right. Spike, RPO, uh, read option pass, ROP. So, uh, how many men in the box? Quarterback footwork. Is it planted, moving, or shuffling? How many pass rushes were there? And then one we use a lot and will use today is air yard selector. How far did the ball travel down the field? So I know that was kind of cumbersome going through that. I don't want to do that for every single position. But again, I do want to give you an idea of what this thing can do um, just to kind of help to, again, sort of maybe inspire some thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. But all right, let's play with some of these. I don't want to just do random stuff, but let's talk about a few things that are kind of known issues. The first one that comes immediately to mind is Jordan Love's accuracy. So through the first five weeks of the season, as we know, Jordan Love was struggling with accuracy. He had a 55.6 completion percentage, which was dead last, depending on how many quarterbacks you're looking at. But he was 34th out of 34 quarterbacks with a minimum of 50 attempts. If we look at how many passes were deemed catchable, he ranked 29th out of 34. 81%, which feels high, but again, to have 20% of your passes be completely uncatchable isn't fantastic. Then on target, he ranked 27th out of 34. 71.9% of his passes were on target. So there's completion percentage, which is generally viewed as a accuracy metric, but I don't like it at all. doesn't take any factors in. Adjusted completion percentage by PFF is a much better attempt at it. But I also like this because it, it speaks to the accuracy of the passes more so than completion. Because that's really what we're after. The completions are somewhat irrelevant. We're really trying to find out what the accuracy of the passes are. And so having catchable and on target kind of gives you a pretty good gauge. For me, catchable isn't really about catchable. It's about uncatchable. I don't care about the 80%. I'm looking at 20% or uncatchable. Then on target is what actually matters. How many passes are on the money? And again, he ranked 27th out of 34. If we look at the last four weeks... Jordan Love is up to 17th as far as his completion percentage. It's at 65.2. That's a pretty big jump. Now, 17th isn't top five, but that's a big jump. If we look at catchable, he's up to 14th. So again, he went from 27th to 14th with 87.2% of his passes being catchable. 
It's actually it's actually higher than 14th. He's tied with Jalen Hurts at 13th. They both have 87.2. Not terrible company to be in. On target is still relatively low, and I think that anybody watching will acknowledge that that's still kind of an issue. He doesn't very often throw those passes that are just pinpoint accurate. There's more of them, I think, especially recently, especially 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 in this last game. In fact, we can look at that and see if that's true or not. But still just 72%, he ranks 27th still in on-target passes. But anyways, if you look at adjusted net yards per attempt, as, as I've said before, not really debatable as much as people want to piss and moan about statistics and cherry picking and all that. Not really debatable. This is one of the top metrics to look at if you want just an overall view of how good a quarterback is. There's a handful of them that are pretty solid to look at, and this is one of them. Jordan Love in the last four weeks ranks fourth. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, CJ Stroud, and then Jordan Love. Also Justin Fields, but <laughs> I think he played like one game. Still, I, again, I want him to just tear it up. Go, Justin. You can do it. Touchdown percentage over the last four weeks, Jordan Love ranks sixth between Justin Herbert and C.J. Stroud. Again, these these are all, you know, I mean, it's, it's Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud. You actually have Jameis Winston, which he's, he's a touchdown machine. But it's like, it's just the fact that he's in these conversations now, as opposed to being with like Zach Wilson and, you know, I mean, Kenny Pickett, Brett Rippian, and... Uh, friggin' Tim Boyle. He's now in the conversation with C.J. Stroud and Justin Herbert. Interception percentage, he ranks uh, ninth, although kind of iffy because there's four quarterbacks that have zero interceptions thrown. One of them, for example, is Justin Fields, who again, I think played one game. Some of these other guys, maybe two games. So depending on where you put that cutoff line, he's top 10 for sure, potentially top five-ish. He is between Brock, uh, Brock Purdy and Pat Mahomes. Sack rate, he is 15th out of 38. 15th best situation. He is sacked, uh, where did he go? 5.1% of his dropbacks. If we look at IQR, which is SIS's proprietary ranking, he is the fifth best quarterback right now. Pressure percentage, he is the ninth best situation. 29.7% of the time he is pressured. Again, sub 30%. And a lot of, you know, the, the best situation is Dorian Thompson Robinson. You also have Brett Ripien and some other guys that played like one game. Just round out the last couple of these, looking at the last four games, might as well. Points earned per play, he is 7th. Points above average per play, 7th. Uh, total EPA, he is 4th between Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Positive play percentage, he's 11th. His PAR, which is points above replacement, he is the second highest quarterback with a 31.2 looking at above replacement between Dak Prescott and C.J. Stroud. That's amazing. Um, boom percentage. What percentage of your plays are big plays? The, the literal definition of is, is a play that generates one point. So when they're looking at the points, this whole EPA and PE per play and points above average per play, all that stuff, all that is, is looking at your expected points. So, you know, fourth down from the 20 yard line or whatever, you're, you're expected 2.2 points or whatever. If you get a first down there and you're expected to go to 3.2 points, you just earned a point essentially is, is how that works. I explained that stupid, but that's how that works. So how often, what percentage of the time do you generate a play that is at least one point? He is third. CJ Stroud's number one at 33%. Brock Purdy is at 31%. Jordan Love is at 28%. After that is Jalen Hurts, then Dak Prescott, then Deshaun Watson, then Justin Herbert, then Jared Goff, then Trevor Lawrence, then Baker Mayfield. Again, what have I said before? N nothing is really perfect, but you can find out if a metric is any good by si simply sorting it and look, I mean, if I sort a different thing and it, the order is like Mac Jones, then Josh Jobs, then Josh Allen, then Brock Purdy, it's useless. It doesn't mean anything. The fact that the top 10 guys are all good quarterbacks and Jordan loves one of them should tell you something. Bust percentage. He is 13th. 18.5% of his plays are plays that generate negative one or worse. And again, that's out of 38 quarterbacks, so that's not terrible. So that's where he's at the last four weeks. And again, at least as far as the accuracy, you can compare it to the first five weeks or so. But there's one other important thing to look at, and that is um, downfield accuracy, right? Because there was a serious concern with Jordan Love and his ability to not throw passes 20 yards down the field, because he does that a ton, Um He's done that the sixth most over the last four weeks. 
which actually might be not entirely correct because it depends on the games. Doesn't matter. It's not the important part of the equation. But passes that traveled 20 yards. So this isn't a five-yard pass and somebody ran for 15 additional yards. This is a ball that traveled through the air at least 20 yards. Jordan Love has a completion percentage of 56.3%, which ranks ninth. Catchable percentage, he ranks 17th. 62.5% were catchable. On target, 20th. So that tells me a couple things. His worst ranking is on target. In the middle is catchable. And then on top is completion percentage. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but let's think that through for a second. He tends to throw to be better in terms of throwing passes that are catchable but not great, right? More so than other guys because he's higher ranked higher in catchable and lower in on target as compared to other quarterbacks. But also his completion percentage is significantly higher than catchable and on target in terms of where he ranks. Why would that be? Because his receivers do a better job of catching quote-unquote catchable but not on target passes. Do we think maybe that's what that could mean? that they do a better than average job? I'm just saying. Either way, Jordan. one of the things Jordan has always done really well is sort of that whole boom percentage thing. It's, it's, it's generating value with his throat, right? There, there might be more inaccuracies and more bad passes, but he's sort of a Brett Favre in which, like, it might be incomplete, incomplete 40-yard touchdown or something, you know? It's like, so you look at it and say, well, the overall accuracy sucks. The play-to-play consistency is not there, but if you look at like the value per play, it's always high. Despite all of that, his adjusted net yards per attempt, he ranks fourth on deep passes. He generates value. Points earned per play, sixth. Total EPA, fourth. Points above replacement. How much better is he doing compared to uh, a replacement-level quarterback? He ranks fourth. C.J. Stroud, then Dak Prescott, then Brock Purdy, then Jordan Love. So, I mean, the accuracy isn't perfect, but let's compare it to the first five weeks. Jordan Love ranked 25th with a 26.1% completion percentage. Catchable, he ranked 16th. On target, he ranked 18th, and that's out of 28 quarterbacks. He's better in all three categories. In fact, it's like the exact opposite. On target was his best, then catchable, then completion percentage. But all of it has gone up. Adjusted net yards per attempt, he was ranked 24th out of 28. He was one of the worst passers as far as throwing it deep. Um, and he was the fourth, he, he threw the ball deep, the fourth most. So you want to know what the biggest issue is. He loves throwing the ball deep. He had 23 attempts, which tied for fourth. Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr had 24. Jalen Hurts had 26. That's it. But he was terrible at it. And again, I like it because I want everybody's foot on the gas. I've said that about Matt LaFleur and I'm going to say it about Jordan Love. Don't take your foot off the gas. Just be better. And if you got your foot all the way on the gas, but you specifically suck at throwing the ball even 10 yards down the field or more, it's going to look really bad. Like if he primarily threw short passes, checkdowns, et cetera, he might have looked decent, but oh freaking well, because now he's put in the time, he's put in the work, he's thrown a ton of deep passes, it's getting better. The consistency with the wide receivers is getting figured out, Um, the confidence, the comfort, and now it's starting to hit. And now Jordan goes from one of the worst deep ball throwers to one of the better deep ball throwers. Anyways, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and look at some more uh, little insights that SIS could possibly provide to us. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone, plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
You know, in the hobby, it's not easy of being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We always hype ourselves up thinking we're going to get some kind of a mint signed Jordan Love card or something. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, is all just a shot in the dark. That is until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, I finally feel like I know what I'm getting. I don't know if you saw the video me and my son did. That was us on ArenaClub.com looking for new cards for my kid. Still on our YouTube channel. You should check it out. They have an incredible website. Slab Packs are way better than Mystery Packs. Immediately after your pulls, they put your cards safe in a vault. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club's got the card collection platform that you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. That is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library. Featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor, Be Here or be nowhere, the Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. Final thing I wanted to look at is the whole first half, second half dynamic. Because obviously this has been a pretty serious issue along with the other things that we've looked at. In the first half, through the first five weeks, Jordan Love was dead last in completion percentage. 49.3% of his passes were completed. Catchable, he ranked 29th, 78%. On target, again, 29th, third worst, 68.8%. By the way, C.J. Stroud was dead last in those both of those categories. This is not deep balls. This is just general accuracy anywhere on the field. First five weeks of the season. Adjusted net yards per attempt, he was 30th out of 31, only worse, only better than Daniel Jones. Yards per game, he was dead last with 66. Touchdown percentage, 22nd. Interception uh, percentage was 10th worst. He had the worst passer rating in the NFL of 60.7. And if you look at the par war thing, um, 29th out of 31. Let's look at the first half, the last four weeks of the season. Completion percentage, still not super great, but up to 20th. That's out of 33 quarterbacks. Catchable passes, 15th. And on-target passes, 25th. Still not super great. However, again, Accuracy aside, the production is there. Adjusted net yards per attempt, he is the sixth best quarterback in the first half. Yards per game, he went from 66 all the way up to 125.5, which ranks ninth. Touchdown percentage, he is ninth, scoring touchdowns on 5.8% of his throws. And he is number one in interception percentage with zero interceptions thrown in the first half, which is a 14-way tie, but, you know, still good. His passer rating is the 10th best. It is a 106.1 in the first half, which is pretty amazing. And if we look at points above replacement, he is number two behind only Dak Prescott. So, I mean, it's just, it's like I said before about checking boxes, right? There are certain things that are not going well, and we need those things to start getting better. And they have. We've already looked at him under pressure as far as PFF is concerned and seen that improve. We see that in the first half, he went from like the worst quarterback in football in the first half to at least top 15, if not top 10. Again, the accuracy is the only thing that would pull him down, but the production is is pretty solid across the board. Top 10 pretty much in every category. And that's just the first half. We're just looking at his weak point, and he's top 10 these last four weeks. Uh, running back, I mean, I, I don't find it massively interesting, but they do have some pretty interesting 
stats that we haven't really looked at. So, you know, I mean, with Aaron Jones being injured and A.J. Dillon not being able to get much going, it's kind of eh. But it's also another way to kind of look at some more, like, what are other guys doing out there? So, for example, A.J. Dillon right now ranks 22nd in broken tackles with nine. He's actually tied for 19th, for being more specific. The two guys out in front, though, are, uh, excuse me, the one guy out in front is Christian McCaffrey. He has 21 broken tackles, just to kind of get the idea of the magnitude of that difference. Nine compared to 21. Jalen Warren has 20, Najee Harris 18, 16, 16, 16. So it ain't that good. It gets even worse when you look at missed tackles. It's one thing to break. In other words, somebody wrapped you up and you get through it. Another one is being so shifty that they just miss you entirely. Now we'll look at the the percentages and the rates and stuff in a second, because obviously some of these guys haven't had as many carries or more carries or whatever. But I just I just want to say this. We have right now I have this set up to 50 carries as the minimum. So there's 57 running backs. The top running back, (laughs) the top person with missed tackles is Lamar Jackson with 23. The top running back is Devin Singletary with 16. Aaron Jones, uh, again, he's played seven games compared to a lot of guys with 10 or 11. Um, But he has two missed tackles and ranks 51st. A.J. Dillon, who has played 11 games has zero missed tackles forced. He ranks 57th out of 57. He is the least shifty guy in the history of the universe. (laughs) Then you look at, you know, hit at the line of scrimmage, and we just say, well, we have a terrible offensive line, so it's probably really high. A.J. Dillon ranks 21st. Oh, 20th. He's tied with uh, Devin Singletary. 53 times he's been hit at the line of scrimmage. Saquon Barkley, 83. 83. Josh Jacobs, 79, Derrick Henry, 74, Christian McCaffrey, 71, Travis Etienne, 71, Rashad White, 70. These are good running backs having a lot of success. And they're hit at the line more often than A.J. Dillon is. If we look at it in terms of percentages, A.J. Dillon is hit at the line of scrimmage 40.5% of the time. He ranks 26th. There's 32 teams in the NFL. I mean... He obviously isn't one of the worst off in terms of where he has nowhere to go and it's so terrible. He's hit at the line of scrimmage all the time. Not really. Not really. Stuff percentage. How many times is he stuffed at the line? He ranks 12th. It's not ideal. Cam Akers, Josh Dobbs, Brees Hall, Jerome Ford, Saquon Barkley, Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Jalen Hurts, and James, well, Jalen Hurts probably the tush-push thing, James Conner, all have had more stuffs at the line of scrimmage. By the way, Aaron Jones, even less of an excuse. He ranks 47th with at his hit, hit at the line percentage. He's only hit at the line 34.8% of the time. He is stuffed at the line of scrimmage um, 13.6% of the time. Now, you can say that that's to his credit. He's so shifty like he just gets away from it or whatever. Potentially, I don't know. But that's certainly not an issue. Broken tackle plus missed tackles per attempt as a percentage. Uh, Aaron Jones is our best, not surprisingly, 12.1%. He ranks 38th. A.J. Dillon ranks 53rd out of 57 running backs. 6.9% he generates a broken or missed tackle. And if we go through some of the value stuff, points earned per play, A.J. Dillon ranks 51st, Aaron Jones 54th. Points above average per play, A.J. Dillon 51st, Aaron Jones 54th. EPA generated per attempt. A.J. Dillon, 41st, Aaron Jones, 49th. Positive play percentage, Aaron Jones, 39th, A.J. Dillon, 46th. Points above replacement, again, out of 57, how good are you above an average replacement level player? Aaron Jones, 50th, A.J. Dillon, 52nd. And this is actually even more interesting because it's Aaron Jones is actually a negative 5.7, A.J. Dillon is a negative 8.1, which is to say they are both right now worse than what you would get from a very baseline, average, replacement-level player. Boom percentage. How often do you generate uh, big plays? A.J. Dillon ranks 45th. Aaron Jones, 56th out of 57. He is at 1.5%. A.J. Dillon, 4.6%. In number one, uh, number one running back, I mean, quarterbacks kind of dominate. I should just get them off the list entirely. But Jalen Warren is at... Um, 11.3%. And Aaron Jones is at 1.5%. Bust percentage? 
Um, AJ Dillon, 45th. Aaron Jones, 46th. So low on this list means high bust percentage. Both of them are actually tied at 7.6%. Both of them have a higher bust percentage than they have a boom percentage. Now, to what degree does the offensive line contribute to this? I don't exactly know. It obviously is a factor, but it's hard to completely isolate it. It's hard to know other than to take, you know, one of the top running backs, take Christian McCaffrey, take, I don't know, who even are the top running backs this year? There's not a lot of top end talent anywhere, but take them, put them on the Packers team and see how they do in comparison. Anyways, let's take our final break. When we come back, I want to take a, uh, a look at our wide receivers and then uh, switch it over to the defense and see what we can learn from that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, nah, everything's PG. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. Cybersecurity declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Alrighty, let's take a quick peek at our wide receivers and tight ends. Now we'll kick it over to defense, see if there's anything interesting for us to glean. I think I want to start off just by looking at the Green Bay Packers. First of all, because it's kind of hard to find everybody and some people get lost in the shuffle because there's so many of them. We'll just kind of look at it against the team and if anybody stands out, we'll kind of see where they are against the uh, the backdrop of the league for further context. All right, so first of all, again, we've got some of these rates, the percentages and whatnot. Um, On-target catch percentage. So this is when it's a good pass, how often do you catch it? Um, There are four guys that are at 100%, but all four of them are relatively low-target guys. Ben Sims, Tucker Craft, Emmanuel Wilson, and Josiah DeGuara. After that, you have A.J. Dillon at 95%, Luke Musgrave at 91%. Aaron Jones is at 85.7, tied with Patrick Taylor. Then we get all the wide receivers. So the wide receivers are all 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. All seven of them are in the bottom seven, which I feel like when you're the ones who catch things for a living, I don't know, just just spitballing here. But in order from most highest catch percentage on on target passes. It goes Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Tontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Samore Ture, and Bo Melton. Now, Melton actually doesn't count because he has zero targets. So we could... <laughs> it's, I, I put minimum target one, and he's still on there. I don't know, whatever. So right out of the gate, this is, this is not going to be exactly the information that a lot of people are expecting. Right. And I understand, like, you know, Watson had a really good week this week, and nobody's like kicking him this week. But just to be very clear, the number one wide receiver in terms of catching balls that are accurate is Jaden Reed. Number two is Watson. He's ahead of Dobbs. He's ahead of Wicks. He's ahead of Heath. He's ahead of Ture for his 11 targets. Then when you look at drops, who is the biggest culprit of drops? It's Aaron Jones by an absolute mile 23.1%. You know who number two is? It's Wicks at 14.8%. You know who number three is? It's Heath at 11.1%. Do you know who number four is? It's Jaden Reed at 6.3%. Do you want to take a guess who number five is? It's Romeo Dobbs, 5.9%. How about number six? Luke Musgrave, 5.3%. How about number seven? A.J. Dillon, 5%. How about number eight? Christian Watson, 3.4%. Everybody else is zero. Um, Only two. So he has the lowest drop rate of anybody as far as people on the team that have any amount of significant passes. So 11 is the highest amount of targets. Patrick Taylor and Samore Ture have a zero uh, drop rate. Otherwise, it's Ben Sims, Tucker Craft, Emmanuel Wilson, Josiah DeGuara. They're all under 10. So just to be clear, they have him dropping 3.4% of the passes, but catching only 47.7%. Just throwing that out there. Yards per route run, the leader is Dontavian Wicks, who is over two yards per route run, which is a solid benchmark. He has been incredible. I, being the constant 
mid to late round draft pick skeptic will refuse to believe this at least until he continues this into next year. It's no different than Aaron Jones. He went through the first year. I said, yeah, that's cool. He ain't going to do it again. And then he did it again and again and again and again and again. These things happen. We'll see how it goes. But right now, you could argue that he is our best receiver with just the most limited amount of opportunities. Um, from there, the list would go Aaron Jones, Jaden Reed, Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, Christian Watson, Josiah DeGuara, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, A.J. Dillon, Smory Terry, Ben Semtech, Pat Taylor. Let me filter some of these out because we don't care about some of these people. I mean, we care. I'm just, I'm just saying. Let's, uh, eh, I don't know. I guess we can go up to eight and just get rid of Emmanuel Wilson and Ben Sims. I would rule out like Samori Ture and Patrick Taylor, but they have more targets than Tucker Craft. So we'll just say seven. Uh, yards per game, looking just at production, Jaden Reed is actually our most productive receiver right now, 45.2 yards per game. Then it's Christian Watson at 43.9. Then it's Dobbs, 39.4. Musgrave, 34. Wicks, 33. And then it's uh, down and down and down from there. Aaron Jones would be the next highest. First down percentage, who is our go-to first down guy? It's not even close to Antavian Wicks. 85% of his receptions are first down. After that, it drops to 68% for Dobbs. Then Watson, Reed, Ture, Taylor, Jones, Musgrave, Dillon, Heath, DeGuara, Kraft. We'll skip pass rating when targeted because that's easily found other places. Um, average depth of catch. This is interesting because it's obviously different than average depth of target. One is when you're thrown at and one is actually caught. Average depth of target, which again is another one that's pretty easy to find. Um, Samore Ture is actually the top dog with 21.8. If you look at catches, though, it's Christian Watson, 12.3 yards per catch. Then it's Samori Ture. Then it's Dontavian Wicks at 10.2. Everybody else is below 10, including Dylan and Jones, who are both negative. And then, not this one doesn't surprise me even slightly. In fact, I'm going to say the stat, and I'm not even going to tell you to pause it because you're going to know the answer before we even get there. Maybe, maybe you might confuse yourself, but you don't think too hard. Maybe a little. I did whatever. Broken tackle plus missed tackle rate per reception. So every time they catch the ball, what percentage of the time do they cause somebody to either miss a tackle or do they break a tackle? Number one is Dontavian Wicks. That does not surprise me at all. I am stunned at his ability to do that. It feels like it's almost every catch. Turns out it's 35% of the time. After that is Patrick Taylor, 33. Uh, AJ Dillon would have been the other person that people might have thought of. 31.6. Um, Aaron Jones is 26.3, Tucker Craft 14.3, and then it drops pretty, I mean, it's a, it's a big drop from Jones to Craft. Then another big drop down to Jaden Reed at 8.3%. Then another big drop down to 4.8%, Christian Watson. And then Luke Musgrave, 3%, and it's zero for Ture, Dobbs, Heath, and DeGuara. I will say, and we can look at sort of the going rate across the league, but I, I do believe that we have a very... I just, just now as I'm thinking about it, we don't have guys that do that very much. I want to continue on to the values first before we kind of double back and look at where they are across the league. But um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think that that's an area where we really excel. Breaking tackles or making people miss in the open field. Uh, points earned per route, Jaden Reed is top dog, followed by Dylan Watson, DeGuara, Wicks, Dobbs, Kraft, Musgrave, da-da-da-da-da. Um, EPA, Cumulative, so just overall production, by a mile, Jaden Reed, 18.25. After that is Dontavian Wicks, 11.1, and then it drops down to Luke Musgrave at 7.8. So it's just down from there. Um, EPA on a per-target basis is actually Josiah, which is kind of funny. Um, then Dontavian Wicks, A.J. Dillon, Jaden Reed. Positive play percentage, Josiah. He must have just had a touchdown on like one pass or something. Uh Beside that, it's, again, Dontavian Wicks, the most amount of plays that are positive, which would make sense because he's also the guy with a really high first down rate. Then we get into um, points above replacement. And again, this one's cool because you kind of get an idea of not only looking at where you are, but where you are compared to what is viewed as being average. Jaden Reed, again, number one by a mile, 8.1 points above replacement. Christian Watson is second at 4.0. Then Dylan at 3.6, Dobbs at 2.3, Wicks at 1.5, DeGuara at 0.4, Tucker Craft at 0.1. Then you get to Aaron Jones, who is our first negative player. Now, this is just receiving, but 
again, it just kind of goes to the whole thing with Aaron Jones where he just has not been very good. Um, again, negative 0.1. Musgrave is negative 0.3. Now, I do think that that's going to start to turn around. Remember, he got off to a slow start as well. Patrick Taylor, negative 0.6. Samori Ture, negative 1.6. And Malik Heath, negative 1.9. Then looking at boomer bust, sort of big play guys. Dontavian Wicks, actually, surprisingly, is no, maybe it shouldn't be surprising, but by a lot. Um, the biggest plays, Dontavian Wicks, 40.6%, followed by Jaden at 30. Uh, then Dylan Musgrave, Watson, DeGuara, Dobbs, Kraft, Heath, Torrey James, uh, Aaron Jones, Patrick Taylor. And then bust, you want lowest to highest. Josiah DeGuara, 0%. Aaron Jones, 3. Dylan, 4. Patrick Taylor, 9. And then it's Musgrave, Kraft, Wicks, Reed, Turay, Dobbs, Heath, and Watson. So Watson is the worst in terms of bust percentage, which makes sense because you take a you know fourth down shot to Christian Watson and it isn't converted. That's a big negative play. All right, I don't want to go through every single thing, but I want to go back through these and kind of find ones that sort of stand out. Um, I did raise the targets a little bit. But there are still um, 129. Let me reduce that a little bit more. I'm going to get rid of the running backs. We'll do wide receivers and tight ends only. Actually, you know what? Let's just do wide receivers because it can get a little bit um, confusing. All right. So this is going to be out of 82 wide receivers. On target catch rate. This is freaking hilarious. <laughs> this is the uh, people who are not a fan of the Packers uh, wide receivers are going to love this. First of all, they're all clustered. All four of them are within five players. Out of 82 wide receivers, they rank 71st, 72nd, 74th, and 75th. Drops are a different story, though. Um, they're much more spread out. Then Tavian Wicks is actually the second highest drop rate at 14.8% behind only Justin Watson. After that, um, Jaden Reed ranks 40th with his 6.3%. Romeo Dobbs is 43rd with his 5.9%, and Christian Watson is 62nd. Um, actually, let me let me reverse this so it makes more sense where, you know, being high is good. Christian Watson is tied for 19th, as in 19th best when it comes to not dropping the football. Yards per route run, I mentioned um, Dentavian Wicks was number one. He ranks 27th in the NFL. He is between, uh, let's see, well, he's two down from Devontae Adams. Let's put it that way. First down percentage, Dentavian Wicks is third in the NFL. Broken tackle plus missed tackle uh, per reception rate. Dentavian Wicks is third in the NFL. Debo Samuel and Zay Flowers are one and two. It's Debo, Zay, Wicks, Nico Collins, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill. Ew. Now, with that said, as I mentioned, it seems like our, our receivers are really not very good at this. Jaden Reed ranks 53rd. Christian Watson, 64th. Romeo Dobbs is 77th out of 82. If we look at EPA per target, Dontavian Wicks is graded as the 16th best wide receiver in the NFL. That ain't bad, man. Jaden Reed, 22nd, uh, Romeo, 57th, and then Christian, 79th. And then boom percentage again, Dontavian Wicks is fourth. Now, again, most of these don't necessarily tell you who is the best wide receiver in football, but they do tell you something. And either way, the fact that Dontavian Wicks checks all these boxes kind of across the line. Like, he's the best at this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. You kind of got to look at it and say, you know, I'll be honest, small sample size, and he hasn't been used very much and all that, like, I get it. But if you just take what he's put on on the football field, he is playing, like, one of the better receivers in football. Kind of, period. And again, I think yards per route run is a good way to sort of illustrate that. Um, because right now, he's at 2.1 yards per route run, which is actually tied for... 22nd. It's actually tied with Devontae Adams. So that makes the math really easy. If you take those numbers and apply it to Devontae Adams, uh, the, the amount of routes he's run, the yards he would have is the amount that Devontae Adams has. You know what? I actually forgot about offensive line and defense might take some time. So why don't we actually do offensive line and then we'll end it with that. Um, tomorrow we'll talk about a few other things and I'll try to touch on defense a little bit as well. I want to kind of Get a chance to get my hands on it first, too, and see um, how many actual interesting things there are, because I don't usually use this for defense, but... All right, offense. And again, this is usually, you know, again, SIS and PFF are different, and they, a lot of times, will come to different conclusions. And the way that they, uh, not only are their raw stats different sometimes, but the things that they measure are different, so they'll come to different conclusions. So sometimes I'll come into this with an understanding of how things are based on PFF. 
And then I'll come check it out over here and be like, okay, that's very different. But let's take a gander. Here's what I want to do. I actually want to go position by position because, again, sometimes I'll look at it and be like, see, you know, the, the left guard actually hasn't given, or the, the tackle's doing a bad job. He's given up less pressures. But tackles give up more pressures than, um, than centers do. So it's, just, it's, a, it's a different thing. So let's start with left tackle. First of all, blown block rate. Out of 44 left tackles, Rashid Walker ranks 16th, Yash Nyman ranks 40th out of 44. If we look at pass blocking, Rashid Walker ranks 13th, Yash Nyman 38th. So this is, again, this is just blown blocks, which is to say you just freaking completely whiffed on that. In run blocking, Rashid Walker ranks 27th, 2.4%, Yash Nyman 36th, 3%. So Rashid or Yash Nyman is, as far as blown blocks goes, sounds like I'm not even saying that right. Blown blocks, blown blocks. One of the worst. In fact, one of the worst in both categories, pass blocking and run blocking. And then I'm not going to look at every single stat, but I'm just going to pick par, points above replacement, as the one metric to look at to kind of evaluate them overall. Uh, Rashid Walker is ranked as the 12th best offensive or left tackle in the NFL, positive 4.7. Yash Nyman, 36th, he ranks with a negative 1.8. So as far as this competition goes, and I'm guessing SIS isn't the only one. There's plenty of fans that have their opinions and everything else. But as far as SIS is concerned, we have a decent left tackle, and then Yash, who is a terrible left tackle. It's not a competition. All right, let's look at left guard. Again, we have two Packers. This time it's Elton Jenkins and Royce Newman up to bat. Elton Jenkins, by the way, is always one of the guys that shows up much brighter over at SIS than I think he does at um, PFF. PFF's like, man, he's okay. If we look at blown block rate, that is so hard to say. Elton Jenkins is the fourth best left guard overall. 1.8%. Aaron Banks, Tyler Smith, and Connor McGovern are the only three left guards higher than him. And this is out of 44 left guards. Royce Newman ranks 40th out of 44, if you were wondering about some potential competition there. Um, for pass blocking, Elton Jenkins ranks third best for blown blocks. Royce Newman, fourth worst. For run blocking, um, actually Royce is better. <laughs> Royce, 2.2%. Elton Jenkins, 3.1%. So, I mean, it is what we always knew. I think what we didn't maybe know, or at least insofar as the blown blocks thing goes, um, is how good Elton Jenkins is. It hasn't really been in our face as much this year. But at least in that one metric, he has been fantastic. I mean, overall, still. But specifically, he's very above average in pass blocking. And then if we look at PAR, just overall, how good is he compared to everybody else? They have him ranked fourth. Again, Connor McGovern, Landon Dickerson, Tyler Smith, and then Elton Jenkins. They have him a positive 10 PAR. Royce Newman, negative 0.8. So Elton Jenkins is better than Royce Newman is bad. How's that for kind of giving you what you need to know? Um, Let's move on to center. Blown blocks out of 41, Josh Myers ranks 22nd. So he is right smack dab in the middle, which again, probably pretty surprising because we've all seen the clips over and over again of of him just missing blocks constantly. Pass blocking, as far as blown blocks, he is 18th. And then run blocking, he is 25th. Now, that's certainly somebody that is replaceable. Although, again, I'm not positive that it's as, you know, unplayably, horribly bad as has maybe been um, chalked up. And then as far as overall value, they have Josh Myers as the 11th best center in football. Between Tyler Linderbaum of the Ravens and Evan Brown of the Seahawks. Creed Humphrey, by the way, is ninth with the Chiefs. He has a positive 6.9 PAR. Then we come to right guard, who is, as I've mentioned, the guy that probably should be getting the most flack um, as opposed to the center. And that's John Runyon, who I think has been just getting worse every week, seemingly. Um, As far as overall blown blocks, he ranks 21st out of 40. Pass blocking, he is 24th. Run blocking, he's actually 13th. Go figure. He's actually better at run blocking right now than he is pass blocking, at least in terms of just being completely in the completely horrible metric. He's horrible less often as a run blocker. 
And then looking at uh, PAR, he ranks 20th. So again, you know, Josh Myers was the worst prior to this at 11th. He's 20th. And, and even that is in the middle. It's not good. There's 32 teams. You don't really want to be 20th. But out of 40 guys, being 20th is right in the middle. Just in terms of a little context, in terms of like how bad our version of catastrophically awful, how in the world can we survive this? Then we get to the golden boy, Zach Tom. I love him. You love him. We all love him. He is currently ranked eighth in his blown block rate, 2.6% overall. As far as the pass blocking goes, he is seventh. In run blocking, he is 12th. So even in run blocking, he's doing fairly well. 12th out of 40. Then the absolute greatest way to end this possible show. When I look at PAR, how good is he? How much better is he than the average replacement level right tackle? They have him listed as the number two right tackle behind only Penae Sewell. 12.9 PAR. And so that's also why I wanted to do it that way, because if you look at um, the blown block rate, Zach Tom is fourth, right? John Runyon and Josh Myers are actually ahead of Zach Tom, just in raw blown block rate. But if you compare centers to centers and guards to guards and tackles to tackles, John Runyon is not better than Zach Tom. John Runyon is the 20th best, best guard. Zach Tom is like the second best right tackle. I say like, because obviously this isn't an exact science, but look, I mean, it, it kind of is what we all thought it was and, and expected it to be. And, and again, massive round of applause to Brian Gutekunst for getting Zach Tom. But in terms of like high quality players, well, let's put it this way. How many guys do we have that are listed as below average? It's two. It's Royce Newman and Yash Nyman. You've got two on the other end who are very good, 10 or higher, 10 for Elton Jenkins and 12.9 for Zach Tom. Then you got three in the middle. After that, it's Josh Myers, then Rasheed Walker, then John Runyon. Sound good? All right, let's get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.